my approach has always been that design evolves. What you feel is good right now is going to not look so good in five years' time because now you've changed your way of working. The Whatever's in trend is not what you had outputted before. So whatever idea and concepts that you have to start with as a starting point needs to be strong enough that if you want to redesign for your portfolio, you can, and it still makes sense. What's up and welcome to Sweathead with Mark Pollard. I have you to Maleng Ndaba, who's a, an art director at Gorilla in Joburg, South Africa. And we're going to talk about, I don't know, this beautiful phase of your career in Maleng where you're currently an art director and you manage other people, but you actually want to become a full-time strategist. So we're going to talk about that, why you want to do that and what your experience has been to date. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Mark, for having me. Delighted to be here. Totally, totally. Now, you have a very specific origin story, I believe, as far as why you ended up or wanted to get into advertising. Could you take us through oh, of it, Of course. So I was about 16 in a, what we call a taxi this side. So it's a minibus commute between school and home. And this Nando's ad came on and the whole minibus was in a buzz just speaking about it. And then just had a campaign about what was happening in the political realm and for me, it was so interesting. It's like, here we have people who don't know each other from a bar of soap connecting over chicken. I mean, yes, there are social things going on, but it's essentially chicken that got people talking. I was like, hmm, what is this? I definitely want to go into advertising then if this is what happens. You get people buzzing, you get the community talking, and you break the ice. So that's how I literally mm-hmm. was like, okay, cool. Let's do some research. Let's find out what this advertising gig is about. Where do I even begin? And to my luck, there was this newspaper. It's called Free For All. So what Free For All has is a bunch of activities for kids in high school. And you basically read up on careers. You have word puzzles. Lo and behold, that very same month, they had careers in advertising. And there was a puzzle piece there that's written, Art Director. I actually still have it here on my closet. And that's how I decided to go into advertising, just by listening in on a conversation and having that spark invoked that I want to do this. I want to have people talk and break ice and change the status quo. That's interesting. So you can pinpoint your desire to get into the industry and then the shape you wanted to take in the industry. You can pinpoint it to two specific influences. Interesting, because it's it's funny that we are surrounded by advertising, but a lot of people don't necessarily know that it's a profession available to them. And I guess in history, it hasn't been that available to that many people. In many countries, it has been more of an elite sort of uh, industry, difficult to get into unless you sort of came from the right places, went to the right colleges, universities, etc. And then it took Nando's to get you in there. For those very few people listening to this who don't know what Nando's is, and especially those who don't know what a cheeky Nando's is. What <laughs> so is Nando's is, is this chicken brand. I think, I'm not sure if you guys have it, because I've seen a couple of bloggers actually say they've had Nando's. So I think it's in the UK. But it's this very cheeky chicken brand that has these flame-grilled, very healthy chickens with like marvelous lemon and herb sauce, sometimes peri, sometimes hot. But their advertising is always taking a jab at the South African government, just always poking at what's happening within South Africa and how 
we're constantly facing these struggles. So instead of advertising the chicken, they're literally exposing what's happening in parliament and using satire just to keep people informed. Hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, Australia, we had Nando's and we had Oporto's. And then I remember going to London for the first, maybe second time. And I went for a cheeky Nando's. And I was like, wow, these burgers are like half the size that they used to be. What happened? <laughs> what happened? So your point in South Africa is known for being one of the more innovative brands there, right? Like, what do you put that down to other than just the political jousting that they do? I think it's a passion for people because, I mean, when you look at what Nando's does in South Africa, take, for instance, the art world. So every year there's an art competition that goes on and it's centered around Nando's lights. So they're constantly getting people to redesign Nando's lights, putting a spotlight on new South African designers and artists. And I think just being that in tune with what's happening with the community is what's helping Nando's just move forward and know how to reach out to us, how to further help whatever realm they can help in and just make these fun ads that really just do more than sell chicken. Mm -hmm. Is it fair to say that they'd probably be at least creatively and hopefully from an effectiveness point of view, like top 10, top 20 in South Africa from a reputation point of view, like Nando's is one of the brands that does really good work in South Africa, right? Absolutely. Yeah. All right, yeah, I've, I've seen stuff over the years, but I just wanted to sort of situate them there. And amazing that uh, Chicken got you into this industry. What's kept you in the industry? Why have you stayed Ooh. in advertising? Besides the fact that I really love waking up and fooling around with ideas, it's also the fact that by chance you could change a life. So you never know what brief lands on your desk because, I mean, People get busy, someone falls sick, or there's just a new client who wants to try something else. And for me, it's that that excitement of the unknown and also the possibility of working on something that's going to change a life. It's going to impact a society in a way I never imagined. When I was working with Dimension Data, we were working on Kubega, which was basically fundraising, getting bicycles to school kids who had to travel very long kilometers just to get to school. And imagine you're literally just helping fundraise, putting out ads and getting kids bikes, something as simple as a bike, just to take someone from A to B and cut that traveling time short for me was just like, yes, yes. So it's stuff like that kept keeps me mm-hmm. in advertising. Is there a lot of opportunity for that in, in South Africa? I know there's been this sort of resetting of society and the way it's worked there in in recent decades and from what i understand that you know this there are so many i mean there are challenges everywhere but south africa has a a particular set Mm. of challenges but also that from what i understand historically speaking the advertising industry there has also been very elitist and difficult to get into unless you come from like the the right places right and that's not to put down anyone who's managed to get in or any, any any of that right um Do you find that there's a lot of opportunity to do advertising work that also can benefit local communities in South Africa? Or is it just that every now and then those kinds of briefs come across your desk? It's an every now and then thing. And unfortunately, it's owed to our economy right now. I mean, with the recent lootings, it's only made things worse. So it's very far and few between where you yourself also have to force as somehow um, community interaction and giving back when you see, okay, there's budget left and this will somehow impact the brand, but generally just one, it's seen as a CSI brief, hardly lands on your desk. 
Right. Not, not that, not actually that common. Okay. Interesting. All right. Uh, for those who aren't familiar with what an art director does, and honestly, I ask this because these questions can sound like 101 questions. And at the same time, I've worked in places where someone's described as a thing and I don't see them do the thing. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. So one of us doesn't understand the thing. What's an art director, Itumaline? Oh, an art director. Oh, man, we make things pretty. I'm kidding. <laughs> We sit down and we conceptualize with the help of a copywriter. We look at a brief, we dissect it, we then brainstorm, conceptualize how an ad's going to look, what it's going to say. Obviously, with the help of strategy, that informs how the tone is going to go. But we go wild, go wild and make sure that whatever outputs we bringing out into the world still fits into brand and still aligns with the strategy. So an art director is a glorified painter in the sense that we use good ideas to make things come to life. Okay. Uh, did you study art? Did you do art? Were you visually oriented growing up? Oh, no. I actually did science and accounting and only did arts in varsity. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Okay, so keep going. How, how did that, this all happen then, other than Nando's? Other than Nando's. If I didn't do art, I can draw and doodle. So at that time, at around uh, 2010, there were only three advertising schools that I had known about, Vega, AAA, and Red and Yellow. So I basically just Googled what is needed to enter there and started prepping myself, creating a portfolio of artworks that I knew that I'd have ready to go apply when it was time to graduate from high school and get into um, university. So because I didn't do art, it was basically all up to me to somehow mimic what I think an artist would have in their portfolio. Wasn't very easy, okay. but luckily I have the gift of the gab, so <laughs> that worked in my favor. There you go. You'd you do. You are very good at words. You're very good at words. Uh, yeah. No, it's interesting because I think to be simplistic, the way that I have most worked with art directors, well, back in the day and specifically in the advertising world was they would help bring to life the ideas that they would have with their partner, their copywriter mm -hmm. in SCAMP, S-C-A-M-P form, which is just sketches bringing to life a visual idea that would bring to life the brief. And then they would create, I guess, mood boards, yes. um, you know, let's say they're interested in making something that looks like a Wes Anderson film, then, which is very common, by the way. <laughs> then there's all of a sudden a mood board, which is all of Wes Anderson stuff. It works. And then they will work usually, <laughs> yeah, because it works, because it's good. And then they'll usually work with um, an in-house or maybe another company's designer and or a production company director to actually make the stuff. But they're, they're sort of the two big moments that I always associated with most of them was the scamp mm -hmm. and the mood board. Now, over time, these things have shifted where a lot of art directors also still need to be designers. And I think that's good, but also problematic because at times I've worked with people who are wonderful designers, but creative directors who aren't necessarily like that conceptual mm -hmm. or art direction oriented, they're more graphic design layout oriented. And then the sort of next generation of this is where I know a few teams and there might be partners, creative teams with two people in them, and they just see themselves as creatives where they both might do some of the art direction. They both might do some of the writing. Do you have a partner? How do you, how do you work? 
right now I am in a team. My creative director actually happens to be a copywriter. So it's me, her, I have a designer that I manage and a social media manager who also works with us. So getting a brief always starts with a brainstorm. I like doing research. So it's always a point of call for me to, even if it is part of the brief, just doing it on the side for myself just brings me closer to what client asks. And if I feel this was written well and we are going to do work that is actually going to answer it. Because oftentimes you do find that client ask does get mixed up when account directors, account managers interpret the brief. And it is up to you just just to take onus of, okay, this is my brief. These are my brands. Let me find out what's needed. Let me see how I'm going to guide the team during this brainstorm and which points we need to lean on way more than others. Because oftentimes you think you have a look and feel in mind because you're following brand guidelines, but really look and feel doesn't matter. My approach has always been that design evolves. What you feel is good right now is going to not look so good in five years time because now you've changed your way of working, the, whatever's in trend is not what you had outputted before. So whatever idea and concepts that you have to start with as a starting point needs to be strong enough that if you want to redesign for your portfolio, you can, and it still makes sense. Okay, great, great, great. Uh, and also, just in case I misspoke earlier, I meant to say that I feel like the, the epic heroic moments of the art directors that I spent most time with in my 20s, concept slash idea, uh, mood board and scamp and some of them go into like brand books and all kinds of other stuff but they're the sort of three heroic moments that i saw in a more traditional advertising sense especially at places like uh, leo Burnett, ddb and, and mccann who writes the briefs that you work on where do they come from our briefs come from our account management team so they liaise with clients they find out what client needs and then they spew it back to us <laughs> If you spend your days trying to get into people's heads, but are interested in strategy classes, books, and events that get into your head, visit sweathead.com. You can pick up the Kickstarter-funded book, Strategy Is Your Words, by me. Find out about our monthly membership, online classes, and the company training that we do. Yes, this was an ad, a gentle, gentle ad. Back to the interview. Spew it back to you, do they? (laughs) Well, not always. They wouldn't be happy that I'm saying spew. (laughs) What are what are some of the kind of tension slash clash points when it comes to the briefs that you get from your own team? It's sometimes the fact that when everyone has a title, they tend to work in silo. So it's a social media team, it's the art director team, it's that. Whereas if we are combining and whatever you're seeing on social, you feed back those insights to me. It's easier for me to literally design from a point of the advantage of the brand and not just, oh, I'm answering the brief. For me to go beyond, it needs to be an interaction at at all levels just for it to all be more than just, okay, here's your artwork. Okay. Talk to me a little bit more. Re-explain that to me. Give it to me Mm -hmm. and give give it to me short. Like what, what's the biggest point of tension the biggest point of conflict between you and briefs that come in well it's not really between you and briefs between you and the brief writers that you work with biggest point of conflict what is it oh no they're very long i'd like if i could i'd want my brief in a tweet i would really like my brief in a tweet i would love my insights first insights first before the deliverables because that's what matters for me 
I don't care if the banner is going to be this small, but if I know what it's serving the purpose for, why it's needed by clients, then it's going to make it easier for me to know that I actually do need to spend a whole hour choosing the correct image or I can just slap a green and be fine. <laughs> so shorter briefs and just more concise insights and need, there client need is explained way better. Mm. It's, it's as if you were to like cake and what you want is cake. That's basically what you said, right? I want my briefs to be brief. There we go. I connected the yes. dots because that was a bit weird for a second. Now, it's <laughs> interesting that you actually want to be not necessarily in a hybrid role, not necessarily a creative strategist, which I can, uh, I like playing with that job title, by the way, but I do it too often. I'm not going to do it right now. You want to be a full-time strategist slash account planner. And is that in the advertising context? Is that, is that your goal? Of course. Absolutely. I feel there's not enough. There honestly needs to be way more because every agency that I jump into, you only either find one or you find none. And there's a need. There's a very strong need. Our brands need that. We can't have work that's living on beauty. It needs to be more than that. And I feel that's probably why we're not reaching out to our communities the way we should, because mm, okay. then it lacks that planning. Okay. So you, you want to create work that doesn't just exist in an aesthetic sense but why else do you think agencies and uh clients in especially in south africa could do with more strategists or account planners or strategy and account planning honestly it's also just a thing of getting our brands to work beyond selling that's not what a brand is for the essence of why something started why that business started was to solve a problem and even when you feel you've solved a problem with that product, there's more problems that come across and there's constantly mm. an evolution of needs and evolution of how that product lives in the environment. So just to further give us better offerings, just having someone who can help various departments also see, I mean, a product planner needs a strategist because you're seeing the niche in the markets. You're seeing stuff through research and speaking to people that they may have skipped because product planning also on its own is very focused. They lack mm. that humanities part of it. And I feel that's what strategy could bring to it. It could bring that human aspect of it that could help problems in a more design thinking sort of way, if I could put it like that. Sure, sure, sure. What do you mean a brand doesn't exist to sell? First question. And then also that what we're about is solving problems because the bulk of people in many parts of, I don't know, marketing and business think that the problem is always that we're not selling enough. Therefore, to solve it is to sell more. And it sounds like you disagree with that. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, when you look at the real reason why someone starts a business, they honestly see a gap, whether that gap is to now, okay, I'm seeing that people are not wearing these Louboutins, which are way more stylish than Crocs. That's a gap. That's not necessarily a means of, yeah, I'm selling, selling, selling. This is someone who saw the need to bring high-end fashion into the streets. They probably just hated those Crocs, but <laughs> that hate is more of a reason than wanting to sell, is it not? It definitely is. And even then, when you get to selling, so you've sold and now what? Is it more selling? That also comes at a pain point. You sell, you reach the cap you sell again, then it just becomes a factory of meaningless selling, 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 
where there's no excitement to the brand. And I feel that's also where we need to take a step back and be like, okay, cool. We, we're not just selling. There is more. We are evolving. Why is the product evolving? The need is evolving. Something happened for a knife to change from just one straight shape to now having these wooden handles and everything else. There were needs that were seen. There was an adaptation yeah. that happened. <laughs> I'm gonna be I'm gonna be slightly precocious with you right now. What if <laughs> this is what if this is just a story you're telling yourself to feel good about working in advertising? What if the job really is to sell? And we could use a word like brand, which has so many you know, until everyone's got a different definition of it. And we can sort of sense, feel this sense of nobility and this hope that we can solve problems in society, but maybe problems, business problems for clients, et cetera. But what if the heart of the job is to sell more of a thing to more people and that that's what it actually is? How do you feel about that? Do you, do you actually disagree or do you think that maybe you're, you know, you're telling yourself a story to feel good about the work that you do because you're uncomfortable with selling? What's going on? No, I'm not uncomfortable with selling. I, I worked at an art shop. If I had a problem with selling, I wouldn't have survived. Have you ever tried to sell paint? <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> but what? Are you disagreeing? <laughs> have no, you no, I was thinking about whether I've ever tried to. No, I was trying to figure <laughs> out whether I've ever sold paint. I have not sold paint. No. Mm, it's hard trying to discern between egg whites and just plain whites. But honestly, even if it is just selling, just that sense of community of doing something for me. It's the community. It's the togetherness of building. So as fairy tale as it may sound, for me, that's it. Because I mean, all in all, I could be standing at a corner selling veggies. I'm still selling. To who? To people. Yeah, yeah. I'm still yeah. interacting. Hmm. Okay. No, I, I, just, I just find that people who are drawn to doing existential work which is yeah. working out the existence of things because often people are trying to work out their own existence. People who are drawn to meaning often have to tell themselves like bigger stories to justify something that could actually be quite simple. Uh, so I just wanted to point that out and, and mess with you a little bit. How are you going to become a full-time strategist? What's your plan? Oh, so I love the role that I'm in right now because we do not have a formal strategist. So it feels like practice. I know you, you're screaming inside. <laughs> I'm it not, I'm not, like you know practice. what I'm, I, I just, I'd just be hilarious if, you know, next year your company gets a strategist. I'd love to. And that's the thing, like a lot of people who have done strategy or, or account planning in various places who then go into companies that are, have not had a person doing it in a dedicated focused way you got to understand, you might be taking someone's favorite part of their day away from them by being there. So that's what I was kind of <laughs> laughing at. Like, you know, January 1, Gorilla now has a team of strategists and I want to be there so I can see a Tumalang's face. That's what I was laughing at. Ah. <laughs> Although <laughs> it could be you. misery. No, it so could be plan? me. What's your plan? No, it could be me. For me, honestly, right now it's practice. It feels like practice. I did my postgraduate degree in strategy and why I didn't then go look for a strategy role was that I didn't feel I was ready. And I may have downplayed myself, but that's fine. I now have room to grow into strategy because I feel most great strategists learn on the job they do and practice. And it's mostly practice. Like you said, it's 100 days, just giving yourself that time and you get it. You honestly get it through practice and failing and just 
constantly doing it. So my decision right now is to just grow into it, whether it happens in the next year, in the next two years, I've given myself five. And I'm hoping that in that five, I will be confident enough to go look for a strategy role where I will then feel I've had enough guidance to roll out a full strategy without shivering. Mm. So I think this is accurate, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. So it sounds like the shift from being a full-time art director is because you don't just want to deal in aesthetics. You don't just want to make things quote unquote pretty. And I know you were joking, Um, but that in doing strategy and working full-time in strategy, you feel that there would be a greater sense of, of meaning and fulfillment for you. Could you talk to us about what you're hoping that feels like? Like in, in what way might a full-time strategy role for you feel even more meaningful than what you're doing now? In a sense, I think that a full-time strategy role will feel a lot more meaningful later on than what I'm doing right now is because I will then be part of the foundation phase of whatever that brief is. So whatever plan we have for that brand will solely rest on me and my strategy team. And that for me gives me joy that we started something. We are the backbone of years of work and outputs that are going to come out. There are going to be failures. They're going to be good stuff. But that's us. We literally laid that foundation of, okay, this is where we're taking the brand forward. So for me, I like to call myself a support structure. I'm those people that like building from the ground up. And that's what gives me joy. So it's not the recognition at the end. It's just that constant, oh my gosh, I can't crack this. I can't crack this. What is it? That's what gives me joy. That searching through research papers, that interviewing of people, just finding those insights, finding okay, this is what we think the problem is, but really it's not. What else is missing? How else can we do this? It's consolidating different ways of doing things that we haven't explored before. Okay. So there are at least two themes in that. One is the search, which, you know, you used the word humanity earlier. I guess that constant discovery of what, I get what it means to be a human, right? Sounds like Mm -hmm. that's something that uh, turns your mind on. And then the second theme or the second point you made, not in order, by the way, was foundation, being the foundation of thinking that can come from other people over multiple months, multiple years. Why does that matter to you? Why does that feel like it's something you're striving towards? It matters to me because not everyone has that capacity to start a thought from scratch. We have people who literally do need just that point starter. And for me, it makes me feel good to be that bouncing board. I know one of my colleagues likes calling me and bouncing ideas. He calls it rubber ducking. He's like, I know I'm probably just saying a whole bunch of quack, but for the mere fact that I can do this (laughs) makes me feel good. And I realized then that, hey, actually, I really do like this. I like being that not just a soundboard, but no, you're not solid enough. Here, center your thoughts here, then go. Giving structure, giving a way forward is what I enjoy doing. Okay. Well, I'm going to ask you why a few more times. Why do you think you enjoy that? We, we can draw on uh, psychology. So for example, what you're talking about is the O of the big five personality traits where O is open or openness, curiosity, mm-hmm. variety, novelty seeking. You get that hit. Okay. Yes. But why is that the thing that you like? I have a fear of the unknown. 
So anytime that I can explore, I do it. Anytime that I can ask myself something that I haven't thought of, I do it. And I leverage off of that in advertising. I leverage off of that in idea creation because every day is different. Every brief is different. Every problem is, well, most of them are the same, but <laughs> they are yeah. packaged differently. <laughs> okay. But if you're a full-time strategist, you're just going to dip into that unknown very briefly and someone else is actually going to come up with the ideas and make them happen, put them into the world. Do you think that's going to satisfy you? It is. Just because I'm doing it momentarily doesn't mean it stops there. I'm just formalizing the fact that I'm going to do it for people and that's it. It's not going to stop in my personal capacity. It's just giving me tools to maybe now explore differently than what I'm doing as an art director. Okay. What are you most nervous about giving up from your role as an art director by potentially moving into a full-time strategy role? What might you miss? Ooh, I think I'm going to miss ideating. I've realized when I've worked with strategists that there are times when we do cut the strategist out because we're like, ah, you're going to limit us. <laughs> you and your sense. No, go away. <laughs> I hope that doesn't happen to me. <laughs> okay. Okay. How do you think you might navigate that kind of situation? Are you going to say, well, I was a, an art director. Are you going to say that for the next 10 or 20 years? How, how do you think you're going to navigate it in the oh, moment? No, like it's, being it's, cut out. It's definitely going to get old, but where I can, I will drop in. The beauty of Google Meets now is seeing what's on calendars as creepy as it sounds. <laughs> so <laughs> so your, your, your plan is to, to stalk people and to butt your yes. way into their thinking process so that you can be mm -hmm. useful. I have something useful yeah, to do. Okay, guys. interesting. <laughs> interesting. Um, have, have you done much in the way of like formal research and, and a connected question? Do you expect... The, like research to be a big, like stru relatively structured research. Do you expect that to be a big part of what your days might be like in the future as a full-time strategist? Oh, of course. Oh, of course. I mean, even in our postgrad, we did a lot of reading. There was a lot of scholarly reading, a lot of just dissecting of focus group feedback and just reading constantly in the news. So that doesn't scare me. I'm actually looking into doing my NBA and I'm hoping that I'm going to, just keep that muscle flexed so that it's constantly there. I'm not losing that touch of having to read, write, dissect, interpret, and map out how things are going to unfold. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Again, I don't know if this is very much of an epiphany at all, but I do think that a lot of people who want to end up as strategists or who stay as strategists, they're essentially students. And it's mm. interesting to hear you've described your educational history and that you intend to keep studying and keep learning. And it is one of the few roles where you can really, compared to the history of humanity, potentially earn okay money, like a decent living for yourself, but also learn every single day. Do you identify with what I'm saying? Do you, do you feel that there's an inner student within you that perhaps can't fulfill its needs through art direction, that perhaps thinks it can, by being a strategist, constant learning. You've mentioned that a few times. Yeah, of course. I mean, I've, even in my undergrad, I've been studying and doing another course on the side. I'm never not into something. So <laughs> I know it sounds like, oh, this one, how are you, how do you have time for that? But there is, if you want to, you make that time, you explore. 
because there's nothing mm. as interesting as what you don't know as what you're about to find out for me oh on that note that's a, that's a profound way to end this interview if people want to find you on the internet at tumalang where's the best place to look linkedin <laughs> you can definitely find me on linkedin and on Twitter, I am a good boy, my girl. Very cool. Well, it's unusual to have a public conversation that's you know so open and frank about the shift that someone's trying to make as they're trying to make it. Best wishes with that shift. Um, it's so good to hear about it. And I really appreciate you being on Sweathead here today with me, Tumalang. Ah, awesome. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun. Peace. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sweathead. If it's your first time here, please subscribe. If you enjoyed the episode, please share it with a friend or leave a kind rating. For more information about our strategy classes, events, and books, visit www.sweathead.com. And yes, you can find us on Instagram at, at Sweathead. Sweathead.